rise, 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 warrior, you rise, rooted in all that's true to Hello and welcome to our Way of the Wild Dreamer podcast, full of juicy musings on the creative life, with me, Claire Jasmine Beloved, and as we'd say in Liverpool, all me mates. <laughs> Interesting arty friends who will be sharing real life stories and the lowdown on being a creative in the world. friend Mary Corrigan who I was trying to think how to describe what kind of artist you were and I came up with the embodiment of creativity no pressure or anything (laughs) Um, and I met you on a sofa in Wales many many years ago now and um, just a really beautiful friendship across the miles and the oceans because Mary is from San Francisco, which always sounds so very glamorous. And we've co-created retreats together, met around the world doing crazy things. And it's just really, really beautiful. I think it's dead enriching having friends in different parts of the world, not only because you get to visit them, but also because you just, well, I feel like, Part of me are kind of around the world as well. Like part of my energy with your friendship is in San Francisco, which I really love. So welcome, Mary. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Claire. I'm so delighted to be here with you this morning. It's a big thing to live up to being the embodiment of creativity. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> Could you tell us something about what your creative life looks like and shows up like in the world? Um, Yeah, so uh, I'm, uh, as we say here, a mature woman. (laughs) So I'm 65. I've been doing this for a long time. Um, I would say the way that creativity most shows up in my life is not so much through the medium, but through my my mental state, my spiritual state, my how I approach life um, is really how my creativity shows up. And I've learned that over many years. It used to be very much attached to output and product and what I was doing. And in my younger years, um, a lot of my ego was invested in that. And uh, it's like my friend, Andra that uh, Claire also knows often says with each new decade comes a new level of not giving a shit. So it's like, yeah, the older I get, the more relaxed I kind of am about it. But, you know, in the past I've, um, 
I went on this whole journey in my early 40s because I was doing work that I realized the common thread was taking care of people I wasn't related to. Mm. And I had given birth to my daughter, which is probably one of the ultimate creative uh, experiences for people who have the opportunity to do that. Not the only, but for me, it just opened up. I was having dreams about flying through the air with paint coming out of the ends of my wings. And so I dove into painting, didn't know anything about it. And that took me on this whole journey of discovery. And I've always been a seeker. And one of the ways I um, experience seeking is through different kinds of artwork. Yeah. Um, and during that process, I created for myself a new life because I wanted it to revolve around more creative expression because I was just in response to other people. Yeah. And I didn't feel like I was initiating much of my own. Um, and I found this career that was kind of crazy called graphic recording through a series of synchronicities. So the mystery plays a very big part in my creativity. And it's this wild thing where you cover the walls with these large sheets of paper and go to big meetings with people in suits and different things. And you record their conversations with words and pictures. And I did that for about 10 years. Um, concurrently with that, I had discovered painting and that just kind of took me by fire for 10 or 12 years. I, I seemed to go through periods you know, I guess like, you know, like uh, painters have their blue period or their this period or that period. I go through mediums and then I'll move on to something else. <laughs> so I've really been wanting to get back to painting, but um, haven't. I've been playing around with watercolor lately. I wrote a blog for a while. I mean, it shows up in different ways. And I think part of where we get stuck is thinking about our creativity in um restrictive kinds of ways yeah um, it's everything it's how we are in our relationships it's how we are walking down the street with neighbors it's how we are with how we set a table or you know how we show up in the workplace how we um decorate our workplaces mm -hmm. um, it's all kinds of things and another part of my process that was part of the synchronicity is i just kept saying yes to things that fed my heart you know what what follow what has heart and meaning for you has been one of my mantras and will never steer you wrong. And I followed my heart and meaning to this course that was given at a university nearby called creativity in business because I was working in business and it was trying to help business people be more creative, not in the way necessarily we're talking about, but just the mental state of creativity. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a big part for a while. And I taught that for a while. And now I'm kind of um, like looking for the next medium. And often what happens for me is I'm sitting in the middle of it, but I'm still in the messy middle. So I don't recognize I'm already there until afterwards. Yeah. And then we can connect the dots looking back. Mm. Love that, Mary, so much of what you've said there. Um, one of our other podcast guests this time was um, Andy, who talked about going through a door that you have to go through to get through the next door, which you don't know is there to find yeah. what it really is. I loved that too. Absolutely. There's so I, much involved here. I often find, you know, 
I mean, I think I do remember this. I also forget it a lot, but the, when I'm in that messy bit, um, now I kind of think, yeah, something juicy must be coming after this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, love, 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 love. Yeah, that's the beauty of, of, you know, living a longer life or going through this a few times is um, it's so important not to bring our judgment into this. Yeah. You know, whatever process we're in, which I'm in one right now, it's like, don't judge it. Nothing is wasted. Yeah. Absolutely nothing is wasted. I am... Um... I asked my friend Julie Felix about she was in her 80s and I asked you know what what wisdom she had to share and she said oh I don't know whether I've got any wisdom but I, I've pretty much been through most things now so I've got experience yeah <laughs> which I really loved um so um do you have any specific practices which help your creativity do you do things in a particular way or not well what I'm learning is that my process involves a lot of angst up front <laughs> I love that I will um, you know for example I'm working on a new website right now and for weeks on end I will be churning in my head about how um, Worthless I am, I can't do this, I hate this, blah, 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 blah. And what I've learned to do is just to really be kind with that yeah. because eventually I come to the table or I come to the easel or I come to the keyboard and I just start doing stuff. Yeah. And what I've learned to let go of is that does not make me a bad person, it's just part of my process. Mm. One thing I do do specifically that has worked pretty consistently over the years is when I'm starting a new project or feeling stuck in some way, I'll do collage. Mm. And collage really helps me. And I learned this from a painting teacher years ago. And I said, this painting isn't working. She said, tear it up. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> you want me to do what? And she says, tear it up. You know, so a lot of this is about don't be, don't be attached. Yeah. Don't be attached to the outcome. Yeah. So I tore it up and I took the pieces and this new incredible painting came out of it. And I also discovered at that time that I really love collage as a medium. And it shows up mm, in a lot of different ways in my life. It's kind of a consistent thread. It shows up in my writing. It shows up in building. It shows up in my home. You know, I'm always pulling pieces together from lots of, um, disparate things. Mm. So I do that. Um, you know, I'm a big, uh, I'm, I'm, I've, I've been gifted with vision in my life. And so often when I want to create something new, I'll do a collage around it. So I'm a big, I'm a big fan of collage and just play with it, you know, not trying to make it into anything, but yeah. what images speak to me or what images am I repulsed by? Yeah. So it's not about just doing something that feels good that I get a great feeling from, but like, what's the, what's working inside of me that I'm not aware of. Yeah. And the subconscious works us through images and it knows before we do. And that's why I think images are really, um, really, really helpful to work with. Yeah. I love collage and I love the way, um, it, it feels non-threatening to people, I think, and it's got so much wisdom in it, hasn't it? And I, I often think, I don't know what that's about that I've just made. And then years later, I'll look at it and go, oh, well, that's so 
fucking obvious. What exactly. The- <laughs> I know. I know. It's fun. It's really fun that way. Yes, gorgeous. And I identify with lots of things that you were talking about then. And, and you know, that torturous phase of like, what am I doing? And yeah. I, I was walking with a friend and she was like, you know, my writing's not going that well. So maybe I'm not meant to be a writer. And I was like, what writers throughout history haven't walked with their friends and said, this writing's not going anywhere. I said, you know, like Keats, you know, everyone, all the great writers have torn their hair out thinking I can't write this book. So yeah. (laughs) And the only way out is to go through. Mm -hmm. It's like like trauma. It's like anything else. You just have to go through the pain. You have to go through the suffering. You always wind up somewhere else. But when we're in the middle of it, man, does that suck. And that's why it's really important to have community and people and and people reminding you that it's just a part of the creative process and it's not not meant to do this i think uh i I hadn't thought about this before and i'm irish so i'm making it up as i go (laughs) but um i think maybe some of those tortured alcoholic schizophrenic artists were that way because they worked on they were in isolation yeah it's super important not to be in isolation with your work absolutely i am Maddie, who's another podcast contributor, she said yesterday that the critical voice is a lot louder when she's on her own. If she's like working with a group of people, hers quietens the critical voice and she gets more in the flow. So that was interesting. Yeah, I completely agree with that. So how has it worked in your life with um, money and creativity, Mary? Because a lot of people um, I speak to are really interested in like, can I make money from this? Will that change my approach to creativity? What if people don't want to buy that? Should I make something that they want to buy? And all that goes with all of that. So what would you say about that? So let me preface that by saying I am a person with a certain amount of privilege. Yeah. I have a job. Yeah. I have a place to live. I have an income. And so my life is not dependent on making money from this. Yeah. So I have choices probably that are potentially that some other people don't. Yeah. Um, any money I've made off my creativity has been by accident. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll give you an example. A couple of years ago, I got bitten by a bug. I was spending time in my garden and I'm looking out on the garden And I'm thinking this garden needs some flair. It needs something creative. And this question came into my mind, what would a Frida Kahlo birdhouse look like? (laughs) And I'm a big proponent in creativity of following good questions. Mm. And that one bugged me for like, I don't know, a year or two. And then finally one day it's like, let's find out. And I went into my garage and I had some old pieces of wood and I had a funky old saw that wasn't appropriate for the task at hand, but I'm hacking away and I'm trying to build something and, and nothing was working. And so I got on the phone and I started asking for help. And I told my brother what I needed. And he said, you need this particular kind of saw and I have one, would you like to borrow it? Wow, yeah. I called a friend in the city and I said, I have this idea about, um, building birdhouses out of recycled material. And she said, oh, you need to go to this place called Building Resources. And it's all recycled stuff that people donate. 
And so I got all this cool wood that had different kinds of paint peeling off of it. And this is also where the mystery works us before we're aware. I used to live by the beach and I would go out uh, walking there frequently and I'd pick stuff up and bring it home, you know, rusted hinges and pieces of driftwood and shells and all. And I'd done that everywhere. Yeah. And I had boxes of this stuff in the garage. And then, um, and then there was a guy over in Berkeley that uh, he was from um, Burma, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was Burma. Um, Berkeley rustic build, uh, rustic bird houses or something. And he did these incredible things and he donated all his funds. Um, but he had the specs for how to build a bird house for that was um, had the right height that, that actually birds could really inhabit. Okay. Presented by the Audubon Society. So I have the plans, I have the materials, I have the tools. And then for like a year and a half in my garage, weeks, weekends, nights, I'm building birdhouses. And they were really cool because they were so different. They were totally uniquely me. I was only pleasing myself. Mm. All that stuff, that detritus I'd been collecting for years, found a home. Um, now this is, the point that, this is the point I came to stay. I don't know why, but I was staying at your house. Yeah. And you were like, come and look in the garage. And it was just like full. And we were like laughing our heads off at like bird houses. Right. <laughs> what are you building bird houses for? So I, I came in at that moment. And yeah. And it, you know, it, it, it started when I wanted to make gifts for my family at Christmas. Yeah. And I did. And then I just kept going. <laughs> um, but then what happened was I, uh, I, I was working, uh, I work in organizations, I work with corporate teams and um, in conversation it would start coming up and people were interested in them. And so we'd go and have a team meeting and then they'd come down to my car and I'd open up the trunk and I'd be doing trunk sales out of the parking lot of this company. I love this. I didn't plan it, I didn't market it, I was just talking about it. Yeah. My local community garden where we used to volunteer was having a garden tour yeah and I uh, had been talking to someone there about you know where do you think who, who do you think might like this sort of thing where could I show it you know just really casually and she says come do it here <laughs> so I come and set up these birdhouses in a garden it was perfect and then one of the volunteers um, was part of a thing at the county fair and I went and did an exhibit so it was just about keep following the energy. Yeah. Uh, we do have to put ourselves out there. We need to talk about our work. It needs to be seen. We can't, you know, if I had just hid them in the garage, yeah. although neighbors would walk by and go, are those for sale? <laughs> um, so it became kind of a thing in the neighborhood. So sometimes it just, we just have to get out of the way a lot of times. If I, if I force it, if I try too hard, but our work has to be out there. We need to be visible with it. And then a lot of times we just need to let go and not, not stop the process. Mm. I sell little posters that I made saying, get out your own fucking way. And people just like, oh yeah, I need one of them. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
And then my next question was about what your best, most in-flow moment would have been from your creative life. So that might be the birdhouse. I just answered it. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. I love that. That was really, really fun. And unfortunately, it can also um, inhibit me from new things because I want that feeling again. So it's kind of like a substance. I keep chasing that feeling. Mm. And I really need to be open to what's new. Yeah, and I was, um, yeah, I love the birdhouse story. I think it's like an iconic story, really, which we could all really learn from as well. Oh, and, and by the way, I'm going to interrupt you for a second. I never really answered the question. I can't it, was all about the pro it was all about the process. <laughs> I was like, and what was the beauty the question of it? again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what would a Frida Kahlo birdhouse look like? <laughs> I don't know, but you know, it's really. Um, I think it's Rilke has that great that great um, line about you know, be in the question. It's not about the answer. Yeah, and I think um, you also introduced me to the quote. I think it's. Uh, I can't remember who said it now. I'll find out. About some years, ask the questions, and other years, answer them. And yeah, Zora Neale Hurston. I love that and, one. Yeah, and and just. Um, People often say, you know, will this course give me the answers? And I go, no, but it might give you loads of good questions. Which yeah. Are, you know. And it's, it, it's the next thing on your journey because you're drawn to it. Mm. So what would you say was still something that you are struggling with or learning about or your growth area and your creativity at the moment is the questions that you are sitting with at the moment that you might want to share or ongoing struggles or um well my biggest question right now is what's next because mm -hmm. i've um i i'm in closure with some big parts of my life yeah and so i'm really curious about what's next um and then my mind just went blank, so. Mine does that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think what next is enough. Yeah, what's next? And then be open, you know, to really be open. This is a huge, um, I would say the biggest piece of the work is trust. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know where I was going. Trust whatever process I'm in, even though I'm not necessarily... Um, I don't, I may not consider what I'm doing right now creative in that I'm not producing things that people can see. I'm in a deep internal process, mm. which is critical. You know, if we look at um, the heroine's journey is, um, is a map for the creative process. Yeah. yeah. So often we're down in the depths and we're mm -hmm. doing deep work and we haven't you know, we might be, uh, I'm talking with my hands in case you can't see me, but we might be uh, starting to scramble our way back up, but um, to just stay in the process. And the other thing I want to say about creative life is I do believe through my own experience, and I've used it coming out of cancer, I've used it coming out of relationships, I've used it at different painful points in my life. This is healing work. Mm. Yeah. You know, creativity is healing work, both for the artist and for the people who receive it. Yeah. And my mantra lately is don't drive your bulldozer into your healing work. So <laughs> the critic has got to be managed. Yeah. Um, 
judging where I am that I'm not doing something else is disrespecting the process that I'm in at the moment. And patience, patience, patience. I'm None not very good with patience. Nobody is. And I think that's one of the things we've been invited to learn in the last year. Yeah. Patience. And let things unfold in their own time. If I rush it, it doesn't work so well. Yeah, I love that. I love the mantra that you've got there. And I also love, um, I mean, you know, the, the actual when I'm producing a piece of artwork, like actually in the flow and painting or is very little time can, compared to, you know, procrastinating about <laughs> it, foraging for it, thinking right. about it, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and it would be very easy to get into like, God, I'm not really a proper artist because I don't really produce much. But actually, that whole creative cycle of even being in the void and like yeah. not in the complete blankness, it's all part of what's produced at the end. So it's all part of being a creative, which I think people, you know, it, you know, miss that bit that it's only the production of something. And that's yeah. capitalism, really, that is, yeah, that, you know, yeah. And, and one other thing I'll say, because it just came up as you were speaking, I totally agree with you. Um, comparison is the cancer of creativity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's not even like a true comparison, because often people are like, God, I mean, people say to me, you're so prolific, you must be painting every minute, how much you produce. And I'm just like, you are in some big illusion about me. Right, right. <laughs> We are we are infinitely creative in the stories we make up about other people's lives. <laughs> and I think that's why it's really for me dead important to be, be honest and show up um with all parts of me because um you know I remember talking to like a really successful workshop host and she said like um, I stole your workshops, you know, they look full up. And she said, oh, I put full up, but I didn't get anyone on them. Um, mm. But I didn't want to say that. So, no, she said, nobody booked on this season. And I was like, right. So I think, like, we can so, like, project all this stuff onto people that isn't even happening. All the time. And what I so, Claire, appreciate about what you do is you're so honest in your process. And, you know, your work is accessible to so many people and healing for so many people because you're honest and you're raw and you put it all out there and you're not making pretensions to be anything that you're not. And I've mm. always really loved that about you. Oh, thanks so much, Mary. Um, that means a lot. And you too. And I was thinking about our similarities and what attracts us probably to be friends. And I was thinking... What I love about you and your work is that you're like, okay, this is all about the birdhouses, even if it's not intentional. And then it'll be like, right, the next thing is something so different. And like, it, you might never make another birdhouse. <laughs> I remember well, going, I remember going to this workshop with this guy who's like this business guru, and he was like, what you do is you find something you're good at creatively. And maybe it's a two-hour workshop that you give on it. You write the books on that thing. And then you just deliver that around the world for the rest of your life. And I was like, Jesus. Hear me now. <laughs> and like, I think I'm quite similar. Like, it's the season of doing that. And then I might never yeah, visit exactly. that again. 
Well, you know, um, I want to add to that too. You're totally right because I forgot about the end of the birdhouse story or the continuation of the birdhouse story was while I was doing that, I had been, I was, um, I had just, I think I was simultaneously or I had just done the creativity and business work. Mm. And the reason we do creativity and business is because we can do it in business and make money at it. Yeah. But there's not a lot of creativity necessarily happening there in the way we're talking about it. Yeah. You know, they're trying to figure out how to innovate widgets and that sort of stuff. They're really trying mm -hmm. to help people shift their mindset, but it's hard in or in any organization as those of you who work in them know. Yeah. So um, what happened during the whole birdhouse thing is I was also kind of in a parallel process of studying my process. Mm -hmm. And one day I was just done with birdhouses. It was like somebody flicked a switch and I was done. But what came next was I spent five years writing a blog on creativity for the rest of us. That was all about every day. Here's every day things that we are ways in which we are created to help us realize that it's part of our nature. It's natural to us. There aren't artists and others. Yeah. We're all in this way, but you know, there's been this kind of polarization and setup where the people who make money and get published and are in galleries are artists, and the rest of us are just kind of going along. But we all have some kind of creative vein, some kind of creative life working in us. And I think a lot of the work of our lives is to recreate that because we all had it naturally as children. Yeah. And then as we started to progress, it got you know, it, it wasn't measured, it wasn't graded, it wasn't valued, and so we didn't do it as much. And also, um, you know, what I've always known, but kind of really embedded in myself over, you know, the last 10 years is that, you know, the magic, my line is the magic's at the margins. And I really like think, I was laughing with someone the other day going, oh yeah, I'll be really famous, like, 10 years after I've died or a hundred years yeah. after I've died but like I don't you know and and it's like you know it I don't I don't need to be accepted by the institutions of art in Liverpool which I'm not um, yeah. because because I won't be and that isn't where the magic is really yeah. um so trying to strive to be accepted as an artist mm -hmm. And, and also, I think if I never produce another thing, which is quite possible. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. But maybe not. Um, I am still an artist. I don't have to be producing to be yeah. an artist. It's what my soul is, really. Yeah. And yours. Mm -hmm. So, Mary, we are coming to the end of our talk, but I could carry on oh. with you forever. I know. Yeah. I can't wait till we can be together again in some way. Um, but um, anything else that you wanted to add or say? And, and what I said at the end is, is you know, please yourself. <laughs> I mean, any time in life, either in art or in conversation or in, in our work, any time we're just focused on the other, we're not really being true to what has heart and meaning for us. So, you know, we just started the season of spring and in a tradition I study, it's the season of the healer, which is all about pay attention to what has heart and meaning. Mm. So I think if you do that, you will find um, pleasure, you will find joy, you will find yourself, you will learn more about yourself. Um, 
And the more you can divorce that from outside approval, outside, um, outside approval, really, um, the happier you're going to be. And then people may be attracted to it because it's you. It's not your version of someone else. It's you. Yeah, exactly. Um, you've got so many brilliant mantras, Mary. I mean, I use lots of them in my life that are from you. And I remember when you were recovering from cancer and you were saying, uh, me first, then you with compassion or with love. Or something. Yeah, me first, you second with love. And I, I still kind of have that as one of my mantras. So, yes, yeah. thank you, Mary Corrigan, for being born, for being in Wales when I was sitting on a sofa and reaching out to me, and for years of creative, juicy friendship with many more to come. I hope many oh, my more. goodness, Claire, this has been so delightful. I'm sitting here in San Francisco where the sun is just coming up, and this has been the most delightful way to start the day. So mm -hmm. thank you. Thank you, Mary. And... What could we do as an audience listening to help and support you? Maybe you can link us to the freaking website when it's done. When it's done, <laughs> yeah. Um, what you can do to support me is follow what has heart and meaning for you. I mean, that's the other thing. And maybe what I would close with is do not underestimate our drop in the ocean. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a lot about what these times are calling for now. What is our drop in the ocean? And find a community. Mm -hmm. You know, we've moved out of this kind of fierce independence, which America is so good at, and it's really all about connection and community now. So if you're feeling like you're isolated, find some way to tap into other people. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm so delighted, Mary, that now another group of people will can fall in love with you and your creativity and connect with you in some way. So that's really. Thank lovely. you so much for this invitation. And I wish you and all your listeners all the best. Oh, thank you, Mary. Big love. You've been listening to the way of the wild dreamer podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And if you'd like to follow more of my work, you can visit my website at www.clairbeloved.com. I hope you found this podcast inspiring and irreverent and juicy. Living your way, creative day by day, your dreams are birds taking flight. First one step, then as it comes to life this is the way of the wild wild dreamer the way of the wild dreamer this is the way of the wild wild dreamer the way of the wild dreamer Rise, 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 warrior, you rise, rooted in all that's true to you. Winds may blow, still the flowers show, perfect, imperfect every time. 
Flow.